In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. See there, I wasn't speaking too fast. From 1967, this is the Jimi Hendrix Experience with Axis Bold as Love. Uh, guys, this was more successful than the two um, follow-up albums that Hendrix had of this. One was Axis Italics's Love and an Axis Subscript of Love. Axis. You thought I was going to go with Underline there, didn't you? You thought Helvetica. I was just a basic guy who's looking at the toolbar, <laughs> going Underline. Uh-uh. You forget I'm a science teacher. I went Subscript there, son. Courier. Uh, let's, guys, let's, Aaron, please, don't talk over me when I'm talking. I was Don't talking talk under, under you. Is that control right. D on the what? What is the shortcut for subscript, Rob? It's like shift option, like carrot little. I don't know. I shift control, I've been to control yeah. D my whole life, and it's. I don't teach chemistry, yes. so I don't. It's hey, Rob, out of its own. A, a related question: What's the shortcut to close all windows? <laughs> Alt F four. Of course, we know that. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the shortcut to delete all of your recordings so you just have to, so you have to start all over again? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, empty your trash can. Me searching you- on Bing, how to how to cancel downloads. Uh, cancel download, cancel download, cancel active download. Uh, listen, speaking of subscript, uh, uh, um, oh, the captain, take this down to depth. That was a script from uh, Hunt for Red October. That was my great, perfect spot on Sean Connery impression. You know, it's tough when you say things and you just know they're going to be edited out. Like, you just know. It's gone. It's never, you're never going to hear that again for the rest of your life. And I'll wait for everybody to cry. Has Rob played the parody or is he still talking as part Let's, of the opening? I don't even know where we're at I'm right not, now. Is this time par- for the radio? Parody system? goes at the end of this song. That's at true. the end of the episode, right? Oh, right? No, we're not, don't, not talking about that anymore. Listen, let's turn on <laughs> K-Rob and listen to a song, which I'm station. sure was not written at the last minute under much duress. Here we go. What's up, everybody? This is K-Rob. K-R-O-B. Whoa. Listen, this is a message from Wolfman Rob. Look out what's Rob. up that car. Those retaining walls will get you. Oh, yeah. It's Aaron's big day. Yes. He just bought a day. He loves it. Yes. It's a plug-in hybrid. Yes. Yes. It's time to go. He backs up, we'll slow down the driveway. Something doesn't seem right. (laughs) Hey, backing down from parking. Aaron's driving down so slow. Yep. Oh, it's a retaining wall, baby. Oh. Yes. <laughs> the neighbors gather round. Neither back wheels on the ground. His wife is angry. I would be too. Aaron drives a car. He didn't drive <laughs> far. Under a hundred on the odometer. <laughs> <laughs> now, Yeah, you want to hear about the greatest album of all time? 
But listen, if you notice, I said frickin' so you can play it for your kid. I can't say hell or shit or anything like that when the kids don't listen. And he was there in the car. He said, did we wreck our car? I thought there was going to be a secret third verse about Rob's jokes crashing. Did it. Rob does all the editing. Do, 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 do. All right. Listen, this is Back to the Better. We are talking about the greatest albums of all time. Guys, we are all the way up to, oh, I didn't even say, what is the number this time? 92? Are we Hank Thomas? 91? It's 97. That's not This is 92 on the list, right? That's like Dwayne Clement, too. 92 on the list. Uh, Aaron, senior year of high school. That's great. Now, here's the deal. Uh, we have, I got three guys here with me who love to talk about music and nothing else. And we're totally focused on the music. I've got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing tonight? Guys, podcast listeners have been talking about our toilet seat style. They're pointing their stubby little fingers at me. They're hoping our podcast topics will drop and die. But we're going to wave our freak flag high. Oh, wave yeah. the freak like, flag. Wave the freak flag. No, Aaron, put your pants back on the freak Jimmy flag. Speaking of putting Aaron's pants back on, Russell did send a message on one of the latest albums that's saying we are using the F word too much. So, guys, <laughs> this is going to be an official F word free show for me. I'm not going to drop the casual F word anymore. Russell made a good point. We are not going to say that anymore. We're going to be clean. We're going to have a show that kids are going to listen to. Now, in the past, every other time I've said we're going to do a clean episode, it ends up being the dirtiest episode by a mile, but not this by time. F word. Do you mean feet or footlong hot dogs? Which one are we not supposed to say? <laughs> Start over. This is out of hand. Both of those make me think about fucking. That's what's so hard about this rule. It's tough. Freak. So, freak flag. And then when I said <laughs> then when I said so hard, it made me think about it again. All right, I got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? I'm fucking great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Oh no. <laughs> Matt's kind of a brat. Matt's kind of a brat. <laughs> and listen, all the oh, way, Matt. all the way no, from. I'm not going to listen to your language cues, Rob. <laughs> all the way from the Bay Area, but he did just get back from Iowa, where he was competing in Iowa's second favorite sport, butchering 5.3 million chickens to stop the spread of avian flu. I've got Aaron in California. Aaron, how are you doing? I mean, it's true. The avian flu thing is serious. I mean, I, I think that someone has to oh, you're do something on Glenn about Taylor. the situation. You're on Glenn Taylor's side. So cool. So cool. Look at that. Hey, you know, some castles made of sand washed into the sea. So let's let's talk about this before time gets away from us. Aaron wouldn't know because he only goes to the beach during low tide. He's like, what? Castles made of sand washed into the sea? That's so strange. <laughs> More like us being 1 million miles from the sea because we're only here during low tide. Uh, listen, let's get right into it, guys. Let's not mess around. We are getting right into the voicemail. Oh, yeah. They're back? Uh, which song? How do you get a hold of the voicemail? Oh, 802-277-BECK. Yep, we had exactly in two weeks, due to a couple episodes of me begging for so people to call, we had two voicemails. So that's oh, great. Nice. Shit listeners. I guess who they're from. And who knows why that is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows, really? Like, I think those, those comments were taken out of context, by the way. Hey, gentlemen, this is a close personal relative of Aaron's. First of all, I wanted to give a recap of the 2022 Drake Relays. Yes. If you're not familiar with the Drake Relays, it's sort of like the Arnold Classic, but with actual athletes. Oh, no. <laughs> very exciting action. And I can confirm that the final attendance on a very rainy, very cold Saturday may have been six, but it did include myself. 
Aaron's dad, and former NFL star Tim Dwight. Yeah. Uh, the only <laughs> thing I wanted to note is that in the Neil Young episode, uh, you mentioned that Johnny Cash has a cover of After the Gold Rush. I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist. I could not find it. So first of all, Rob made that up. Second of all, I'm curious, what is your dream cover song? If you could have one artist cover one song, what would that be? Uh, so, uh, we have a voicemail. So I begged the voicemail callers to call and ask us a question. And then when they did, I got really mad that we have to do some extra work for it. Drake relays. Yeah. It's how I'm swearing too. I had an inkling that we might get a call from the stands at the Drake relays. I thought that might happen. I yeah. It could happen. But I'm excited. I, I like this question about, about cover songs. Rob, well, no, do you have no, no, no. But don't you have don't you have to issue an apology or something? It sounds like you're just making oh, up Johnny Cash songs that don't exist there. Yeah, Aaron. Wait, that wasn't me. That was Rob. What are you talking yeah, about? I don't Rob, know. was it you? Yeah, that was it me. Wasn't, I lied. Wasn't. Listen, it might surprise you, but Rob, I just lie about things. I just lie about things to make me look better. That might be shocking <laughs> to some people that maybe some things get embellished. Maybe some things are uh, outright lies. Uh, I did learn my lesson after winning uh, Best Kisser uh, in high school that one time. So I will not lie ever again. <laughs> <laughs> what was the lesson learned? Uh, what? Uh, what it was, was the lesson? I, it was for French class. It was a different thing. I, I, listen, I got confused. It's no big deal. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I made that joke one million times. Now, um, yeah, I did think that Johnny Cash did cover After the Gold Rush, but it turns out I was thinking of the Pocahontas cover that he did of Neil Young. Oh, right. Which, which I Yeah, which I don't especially care for. It's, it's, it's this it's bizarre, sad. like, weird song. But I, I, I looked and I looked and I was like, who covered After the Gold Rush? Because that's why I got into the song. That's why I think it's such a bop. And it turns out, you know who it was? It was when Jenny and I went on a big Linda Ronstadt kick. Oh! She has a great cover of After the Gold Rush, which that. you can hear playing right now. Not talking to these three because I forgot to load it, but you'll be able to hear it on the edit. So, Russell, you'll hear it at least. The other two probably won't. Um, but it is, I mean, of course, it's Linda Ronstadt, so it's an absolute jam. So uh, I want to uh, apo- I want to issue an apology. I guess we, you know what? I guess we've got to do a while. It's been a while since we've made a mistake. I, this is, yeah, a, I, this is so strange, but. And now an apology from 30 episodes. better. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Especially not Little Rosie. I don't even Back know why they call her Little Rosie anyway. So you mad? Listen. <laughs> you know, nobody yeah. likes a narc either. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine pointing out when people do things wrong. Like, who would do that? That's so weird. Yeah. I don't even get it. So, uh, Aaron, what's what's your boring answer for what song you want to hear covered? Well, so here's the thing. Here's here's what happened. We Rob gave us a heads up that we were going to need to discuss this question. And uh, two songs came to mind for me. Uh, one of them was uh, Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. Um, sadly, or perhaps oh, not on. sadly, I ended up down a deep teenage dirtbag rabbit hole last night. And wait, it turns wait, wait. Out, Say that again so I can clip you saying you're down a deep teenage rabbit hole. I, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to play that on something I'm this making. This was my dream cover song. It turns out Harry Styles covered this song back when he was with One Direction and it fucking rocks. There's an, a, a number of One Direction covers of Teenage Dirtbag on YouTube that are amazing. I watched at least three of them. Stevie Bridgers also has a great cover of Teenage Dirtbag. Mm-hmm. So that one's been done. Even Weedus. Weedus went back and redid an acoustic version of Teenage Dirtbag many years later. And it's amazing. That's live in one of those like little Paste Magazine live studio things. So, uh, so under, I this, you have been hearing, under this, you've been hearing Harry Styles' version of Teenage Dirtbag. Yeah, uh, I will say, Aaron, I will say, Harry Styles is coming for 10 concert dates in New York in the fall. 
of which I've been getting harassed every day by my daughter. Here's the thing. Here's the other thing that happened. I was telling, I was talking to my lady about this question because she has a better solution for dream cover songs. But I told her about the teenage dirtbag rabbit hole I went down, sent her the YouTube video of Harry Styles. I haven't seen her for six hours. I don't know what happened, but uh, <laughs> I'm a little, I don't know. I, I'm yep. not sure where she went, but you know, she's enjoying the Harry Styles videos. Um, but my real submission is the teenage prayers brown bottle and i would like to hear this covered by Brittany howard of alabama shakes now just bring out that's that's my that's my dream cover wow aaron you just didn't disappoint i i understood almost none of what you said it literally was like you were speaking a different language like that's wild i'm sure that the freaks who listen to this for the music stuff thought like oh wow aaron's so smart i have no idea the uh, freaks who listen for the backwards <clears throat> toilet stuff. Oh, yeah. still have the same opinion, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that hasn't changed. The Teenage Prayers are a band I saw at the 400 bar. It was like me and eight other people, and they don't exist anymore. And I had a great live version of Brown Bottle. Teenage Prayers, if you're listening, what, please what? Yeah, help me please. find this live version of Brown Bottle, which was on an iPod that I had that was stolen. I can't find it anymore. I have, I think I've told you about this. I've, I've direct yes, messaged twice. the band on social media. I can't find it, but you never know when it might get to them. Hey, please, anybody listening right now, do what Aaron just said. And again, I can't repeat it because we just don't have the time. And it's definitely not because I wasn't really listening. <laughs> Message them for Aaron. Let's get this done. Aaron's a good guy. Okay. Right. Our reach extends far. We've got to know someone yeah. who knows the teenage prayers. All those arrests got taken off, got got uh, taken off the record when he turned 18. So don't worry about that. Just, just help him settled. out, please. Yeah. I'm begging you. I would pick, you know what I want is I want to hear this song. I think this song should be covered by a ton of people. And it's uh, Rod Stewart. I know I'm losing you. Let's hear it. It's so good. The problem is, you know who I want to hear cover this? Oh, it's James Temptations. Brown. I want to hear James Brown do this song. God, that would be funky as hell. On the ones? Yes. Okay. Unfortunately, it's never going to happen. I will say... I mean, this song itself is a cover because it's, it's probably a Holland Dozier Holland tune. It's a Temptation song. It's a double cover. It's like on a it's cold a winter cover. night, Aaron. A double cover. <laughs> Speaking of double covers, can I tell you guys a story? Yeah. Okay, sure. So I was in. You only I have was out, hours. Go ahead. I was, on, I was on a work trip this week. And the first thing I ever do when I go into a hotel is I immediately crank the AC down to 65 oh, degrees. I took a turn Every there. time, every hotel I'm in is 65 degrees. Yes. And so this hotel I was in this last weekend, it turns out I had two like twin beds for whatever. They gave me like the room with two of the really small beds and twins. And I I got back to my room one night. It was late and I went to bed and it was just freezing in there. My new move, if I've ever got two beds, rip the comforter off the second bed and go double comforter. I'm covering the cover (laughs) on a bed in a hotel room. What are your thoughts on that move? Well, I'm just going to say this. Number one, okay, you never see them putting the comforters into the cleaning cart when you see the cleaning crew come by. So the first thing I do is I rip off the comforter. Do not touch it anymore because I have never seen them wash a comforter. Next time you walk by a cleaning cart, check if there's a comforter in there. I guarantee there's not. Russell. (laughs) I made a bad choice. Yeah, so your double comforter. That's yeah. just double the cum that you're getting just all think, over. Hold on, hold on. What, what, night, what night did you get there, Russell? So you shouldn't be eating your meals off the comforter. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> what, night, what night did you get, what night there, did you get there? You got Tuesday. there on Tuesday? Yeah, 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 so Monday night, the night before there, you've got Rob, who's got nothing on but his socks. He's oh, just no. watching nothing but like... Uh, I'm watching draft day. 
you're watching draft day, sitting in that thing, and then you come in the next day, and then you've got that. That's I what cover the cover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I no, I think I think that's great, Russell. I love that idea. I love a cold hotel room. It's one of my favorite. I have to admit, it's one of my favorite things, and it's something that will instantly go away the moment that you uh, get married or have a, your spouse in the hotel room with you, where they actually like rooms. It turns out so hot that they smell like a sock by the morning. That's what <laughs> that's what the point where we are now. We are in the hot room phase of our marriage. It's an absolute awful thing. Although I will say, what what about you, Aaron? What's your sleeping style? What's your t- sleeping temp style? Sleeping temp style? It's, Jesus I mean, Christ. I have, have you been listening to the a, podcast at all? I don't, live in oh. a, I don't live in a climate-controlled environment. My sleeping temp is whatever the house is doing on any given day. So That's right. Aaron's uh, a caveman. I forgot. I've told you that I don't like to have the uh, blanket or the sheet tucked in at the end of the bed. I like to, I like to let my ankles be free, and it's not, that's not a consistent uh, opinion within my house. So we have, we have some discussions about what that should be. I was more interested... You mentioned, you know, to Russell, like if you get married, like that seems like its own podcast. Like maybe we should just like have a separate podcast just about Russell's plans for for life. And that's oh, yeah. my God. That would some advice. Maybe we have some people call in. It would get triple the subscriptions. Listen, guys, call in. Give Russell some advice. OK, we, we want to have you here. Matt, what's your sleeping style? You seem like you might be a cold sleeper. Yeah, no, I try to I try to find as cold of sleep as I can get without like being freezing, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, so that I have to really wrap up in the wrappers. Like a double comforter move. No, no, that would be <laughs> absolutely horrible. Cause within like 13 seconds, I'd be sweating hot and yep. that thing and can't, I ooh, one foot that would out. Be, yeah, one or two feet out. That would not be good. So no, I'm constantly trying to find, you know, depending on the season, which blanket I need for that season yeah. and can can I sneak the window open in a room without Sarah coming in and shutting it? Yes. Things like that. See, like there's nothing better than having the window open when you're sleeping. Oh, you get in man, that, so. you get in that bedroom and you're ready to do something sick. You're ready to open up the window and pray your wife doesn't see it when she comes into bed. Oh, that's right. the dirtiest thing you yep. can do. It's so great. Yep. Matt, what is the cover? What is the song you want to hear cover? What's one of your favorite cover songs? Um, well, I, live for cover songs and there's too many to name. And I think the best time to hear a cover song is like at any concert, it's usually in the encore, you know, and it's like the second to last song and it's there to pump up the crowd and all that stuff. So I don't know. I I cannot get enough of the other kind of genre of covers, if you will, that I've really gotten into lately is the, the folky artist who's playing really slow and they come up with like a really fast song Mm -hmm. and then they like, tune it down or whatever, rearrange it. What's the proper term, Rosie? Yeah. You know, put their own spin on it. Yeah. Um, they slow down know, the put, tempo. Yeah. And it, I don't know. They arrange it in their fashion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we were at a concert at the turf club. Sarah and I went. Wow. The turf. Oh, what a great spot. Yeah. So a friend of hers, Cara Lawden did part of her set. She did, um, when you were, when you were young by the killers, but it it had it was her and a cello, and this cello guy cello. started out, and you had no idea for like the first thirty seconds what he was doing, but he's just going. It's beautiful. And it's way, awesome. Matt is making and, great cello movements. Obviously, it comes. Uh, yeah, it's a visual. Look at that. Oh my god, yeah. Matt! <laughs> he's wiggling like, yeah, fingers up and down. Like, like uh, yeah. he's doing yep. the bow. Yeah, oh my god, it's <laughs> Jacqueline Dupre stuff over there, <laughs> yeah. over my head. Is that uh, a, like, yep, behind he's the doing back? Behind yeah. the back of the behind the back bow. Yeah, the back of the future cello teeth. Yeah. You yeah. know, but then you realize what song you're playing. Like, wow, this is like a awesome version. Like, this is somebody's song, and they have taken and did their own. 
So everybody knows it. So that's the other genre. So I, I don't know, but if I'm looking for, you know, Rosie's the Iowa guy, I mean, he's got these questions and I don't know why he even calls in anymore with these questions, but I'm kidding. He, how, I'm he kidding. actually respects our opinion. I, yeah, yeah. Clearly, yeah. clearly. You know, you know what I think by far the greatest cover song of all time is? What's that? So much drama it is Gin and Juice no. by the Gourds. No. So I always used to think it was fish, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. it's not because fish. Naps, because Napster told us it was fish. Yep. Napster yeah. told us it was fish <laughs> all yeah. those years. Just like, just like Big Soft Boobs, that JPEG, turned out to be a virus almost every time. <laughs> that, why did you lie to me so bad? I just want to see those things. Come on. What are you doing? I like the idea of Matt playing. Matt's playing his cello behind his head like he was. Gave me an idea of a Back to the Future where he's playing the cello and then somebody gets on the phone and goes, Mozart, Mozart, this is your cousin. That new sound you've been looking for? <laughs> I've got it right. Okay, never mind. It seemed, the other, it seemed really good. I just don't get it yet. I was actually listening to a lot of covers the other week and it was because I had a, a friend, a female friend actually, and she told me she had joined a, a choir version of a female barbershop quartet. Hello. So all the parts are arranged for like a barbershop quartet. And so I started getting into barbershop quartet music for like oh two days. Boy. Yeah, you can, And if you oh, just wow. go look for like barbershop quartet covers on yeah. whatever playlist you're looking at, you will have great music all day. It will keep you entertained forever. I showed you guys. I think I, I think I was, you know, in a state one night and I sent you guys a TikTok <laughs> channel where a guy just does barbershop quartets, but it's just himself. And he records yes. himself like four times. It was the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this guy, just think of this guy be like. All right, I want to start a barbershop quartet. Okay, who should I ask? Goodbye. I don't have any friends, so I just have to do this all by myself. Uh oh. Okay, well let's do it. Roxanne, you don't have to put on the red light. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the best. You don't have to put on the red light. Lately, though, was Post Malone did like a like a charity thing where he and then Travis Barker, the drummer. I don't know who the other guitarists were. They did the entire. Or they did like an entire set of Nirvana songs. Oh, and wow. Post Malone singing Nirvana songs was awesome. It was I unbelievable. I didn't I ever think Post Malone was that great. I thought he was much better in the pick and roll with Stockton and then Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, more pick and pop. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Like 217. <laughs> NBA jokes. That's what so we need. More NBA talk. And don't podcast. look up what people are saying about Carl Malone now on the internet. Just ignore that. It's not, don't worry about it. It's not a big Wait, deal. What people are saying or what is documented as fact? Yeah, well, okay. Well, okay. Listen, we don't have to get involved. Okay? It's just people saying. You know, I mean, it's person. like Wikipedia. Yeah. You can't really trust what they put on Wikipedia, can you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or a Police report or whatever. Um, here's the thing is that I love bluegrass covers of regular songs. There's a bluegrass cover of ACDC that I'm going to put under this. All these covers I've put under it, obviously, because I'm so good at this. But there's an ACDC Thunderstruck that's bluegrass. It's just fun. It's fun as fuck. Aaron, why don't you like that Gord song? I just because because of the the trickery because we all thought it was fish and it wasn't fish. <laughs> it was fish for years. And then and then it just and, and then like and then I think I mean then it leads to people not listening to the original enough and the original is great. So I I'm, I don't know. That's my that's my issue with Gord's. I, I mean, you're saying it's, it's so it's so good. It's better than the original. Is what you're saying. Absolutely not. Not better, but it's. I mean, I feel like it, it somehow eclipsed the popularity of the original in certain circles, and that seems not right to me. I know the lyrics of the original because of that. Gord's cover slash fish. 
Um, can See, I-, I hated it. I hated it. And then I found out it wasn't fish. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can get into this. Yeah. <laughs> Noodling fucking fish. Band. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to fit in. I'm like, oh, this is crunchy. This is crunchy. I like that. It's so crunchy. Uh, <laughs> one last story with covers. I know this is going too long, but the, the, the I have this thing I do uh, with my wife in bed. And it tickles oh, me to no end. Podcast? <laughs> and this, okay. this is that. It tickles you too. Anytime huh? I'm in bed and my wife Bernie, gets into bed and Bernie, she just happens to not get under the sheet. She gets on, she gets under the comforter, but not under the sheet. She hates that more than anything. It drives her crazy. She, you know, how, have you ever slept next to somebody where they're under the sheet and you're not or vice versa? It's, it's, it's an impingement. It feels terrible. Like it's just, you're trapped in there. <laughs> but it's worse if you're the one under the sheet and the other person right. on top of the sheet. Like you're and so bed, she'll yeah. just do it. She'll just do it by mistake. And of course, no big deal. Now, you know, that being married to me, guys, it's, it's gotta be so, it's delight. gotta be so much fun. I, I don't listen to a lot of the feedback I get because I do have noise canceling headphones. But, um, <laughs> so every time she gets on, uh, on the bed and she's not under the cover, I say, oh yeah, this is your sick fetish. And she gets really, really mad. And I go, oh, you, I go, you're so sick. You want to be above the cover when I'm under? She goes, no, that was a mistake. And I go, oh, that's sick. Oh, you like this when you're above the cover, you sicko. And so now every time she gets it, she pre-yells at me before I even get a chance to say anything. She says, I'm not doing this because it's my fetish. This is just something that happens. So again, being married to me, an absolute joy. All right, let's get into everybody's favorite segment. Like you could do some dry humping that way, but like your sheets better be like really soft. Like you wouldn't want to. Aaron, did we not talk about your mom listening to this podcast a week ago? (laughs) That's true. You're just like disregarding. The problem is she's so far behind that I can like forget and be like, oh, my mom's not going to hear this. And then like six months from now she'll be like i heard what you said about dry humping that's gross so <laughs> no, moms love dry humping it's the best kind of humping for moms right i mean you really want to be like oh my mom's more into full penetrative sex like forget about didn't it didn't rob just like Let's- a few weeks ago have a translated word for this this behavior or not what was it rob fraudage there you go it's, it's also a bing search when you're really in trouble I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, my Bing searches now have like multiple adjectives. Fraudage, long brown hair, 40 to 50 years old, you know, stuff like that. Like, it really uh, technical. Uh, Aaron, rolling going. How's it going with you? Oh, it's going great, as usual. Uh, it's been a good week. I'm really excited because I finally uh, got the Marukami um, book, Norwegian Wood, back on the Libby app. So I had started on paper and then I had to hand it back to the library and then I had to wait six weeks and I've got it back on Libby. So I'm reading. Aren't you, you're supposed to put the fun stuff at the end. Really, oh. <laughs> start with the boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to uh, disappoint. Go out um, of order here, but okay. Well, well, is this I the digress. guy who wrote the pasta bania blog? No, 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 no. This is, this is, <laughs> uh, this is, this is uh, Murakami, the Japanese uh, author. Uh, this is a great book, Norwegian Wood. And I don't know for sure yet how much the, the Beatles song ties in, except that he goes to visit this woman and her friend at a sort of mental hospital. And the friend plays Norwegian Wood. He once met a guitar. girl or should he say that? Well, that's yeah. the thing is he, yeah, he does meet a girl. No, it's a great story. Yeah. So highly recommend. I mean, I'm only halfway through, but I, I think I think I can recommend it at this point. So that's been a highlight for me over the last week. Uh, that's what I've been trying to do. Um, but here's the thing. Here's, here's a question I have for you guys. Okay. Uh, I try not to get like too involved in consumerism. Right. But like I buy things just like, just like anyone buys things. And there are a couple of like marketing phrases that will get me every time. Like every time if I, if like this marketing phrase is on a product, I'm going to buy it. And for me, that phrase is slow. Big dicks. Roasted. 
Like if you put yep. the word <laughs> slow roasted. roasted on anything, yeah. I'm buying it, man. I yep. walked into the, I walked into a pasta shop a week ago and up on the wall, they had the menu, you know, all the different pastas and raviolis and tortellini. And then they had a couple of sauces and one of the sauces was slow roasted tomatoes. And I was like, I'd say, I got to buy the slow roasted tomatoes. I have to buy them. Like if it says slow roasted, I'm buying it. So I'm asking you guys, like, what's, what's a trigger for you? Like if you see it, like for Matt, it's probably reverse weave. I don't know what it is for the rest of you guys, but like, what's, yeah. what are some words that will like get so, you every time you're going to buy something so, no matter what? I, I don't know about like a phrase, but like there's brands, right? That anytime I see, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I think tops baseball. So T O P P S. Yeah. Anytime I see yep. that, like on uh, Instagram the other day, they, somebody's selling old tops baseball, like themed t-shirts. I'm like, Oh, take my yeah. money. Tops right? on a t-shirt? Like, kind of Forget a thing. it. So like yeah, anything I think that's a little nostalgic like that. Yeah. Uh, around that early '90s baseball for me seems to get me. But there's something for me about the term sea salt. Oh, I don't know yes. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know in my head, sea salt. You're not gonna. You know, yes. you're not gonna like it. It's gonna be too strong. It's always too. It's always overboard. You're never like, damn. I wish there was a little more sea salt on that candy bar, right? Or whatever the hell yeah. it's on. It's never. It's never underdone. Russ, Russ is like sea salt. This is more like sea minus salt. I don't think it's very good at all. But I get it every time. Like sea salt and vinegar chips. I get them, oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna like these so much. And then at the end, when I have like a hole in my tongue that it's burned in, I was like, oh, that was rough. That is, right. I didn't taste anything else. It's just those chips. Russell, what do you think? Mine has got to be, I like going to sporting events and I like buying tickets on the secondary market. And I like when they show the best value. Oh, yes. So you can sort <laughs> yeah. tickets by best value. Right. And killer. if it's not a five out of five on best value, I'm not buying those tickets. I don't care where they're at. I want to know that I'm paying slightly under whatever the face value was. And I will spend hours like the day of a game, just refreshing, 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 looking, looking at the map, but I've got to know that it's a five out of the five on the best value calculator on StubHub or whatever. And we've seen from past experience that Russell's an expert ticket buyer. There's no reason to doubt Russell's technique. He's very, very good at it. Um, But so Russell, you understand that that website who's trying to sell you the ticket also decides if it's the best value, right? It doesn't necessarily mean it's cheaper than face value. It, they're just saying this is the best value, but they're also in charge of every aspect. Hey, hey, Rob, 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 you also recognize that when you order sea salt, it's going to be way too salty, but you do it anyway. I, it's like, right. it's just, Aaron said it's a trigger. It doesn't right. mean it's and necessarily also, yeah, like from right a science point of view, like slow roasted versus like perfectly medium time yeah. roasted just, is like the same roasting. thing like yeah. slow roasting yeah. doesn't actually do anything different but if i see it slow roasted, i'm like well someone took the time to make this and make sure the sugar is caramelized exactly how i want them it's true if you saw like caramel popcorn it was like flash cooked you'd be like well i don't want that at all that seems fast. like it's way too, too fast yeah, why yeah, take you your time so with that right yeah 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 no nobody likes that um Oh, brick oven pizza. Oh, I yes. see that yes. as opposed to like, oh, a good yeah. one, as, as opposed to yeah. just like a pizza. Oh, this is a brick oven pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. built a whole oven for this. Someone check that out. Yeah. What if we combined all these phrases and we could make the perfect product and just sell it on Amazon, right? Like, think about this. We sell corn, but it's slow roasted sea salt, best value corn. Damn, I'm buying that. Brick that oven. sounds good. Yeah. No, I'm brick saying. Oven. Brick oven cook, yeah. And then it comes, also comes with sriracha. I'm a sucker for anything that says sriracha on it. Well, yeah, I don't fair, know what it is. Fair. That's so good. Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? 
Uh, good. We had the. I'm gonna take a little. I'm gonna take a brick off of uh, Rosie's brick oven pizza today and, oh, and go with uh, you know how he does it. So they had the NFL draft last week, right. and you know my favorite topic of the season is you know how these pundits on all these channels have like just the dumbest things that they need to talk about because there's nothing else to talk about, and so. On one of the channels, as I was watching, they decided, everybody decided to put a mock turtleneck on. So they had the mock turtleneck draft because they'd gone through like 16 other mock drafts. And so they needed another reason to come up with another reason to have another draft. So it was the mock turtleneck draft. So again, I get caught watching some idiots talking about the draft. So yep. you, you, you couldn't pay me $1,000 to wear a turtleneck. Never oh. going to happen in my life. Never. That's a sweater. I'm out on sweaters and turtlenecks. Yeah, will never that. happen. Yep. Never Russell, Russell, take out your headphones for a second. Here, okay. All right. Guys, Christmas is coming up or maybe. I'm not sure. Actually, I've kind of lost track of time. Should we get Russell a turtleneck that says Beck did it better on it? Yes. Oh. So he looks like an uncircumcised oh. penis? I think that's a he good would- idea. A really good idea. And he is all about marketing this podcast, yes. so there's no way that he would not wear oh it. Have are, to wear is, it. Are you yeah. supposed to wear the turtleneck pulled up over your face? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm <laughs> well, actually the, actually, the face comes out uh, um, during important times, so it's actually not a big deal. And it's actually kind of normal then, too, so it's not making fun of it is actually not cool. And maybe if you were like a young kid and it kind of messed you up like pretty badly, that it's actually, uh, it's actually just fine and... Uh, and it turns out it doesn't really matter that much. So, oh, Russell, put your headphones back in and don't ask what we were just talking about. It was a uh, top secret. I, I'm back. Yeah, you're back. But we are into the good season because we're in playoff basketball, playoff hockey. So yeah, it's actually like true. sports to watch and then baseball. Most you know, so it's, it's wonderful okay, but, time yeah. of the year. But I have been traveling and I'm not, we're not going to talk planes now, but I, I get down to the southeast a lot. Wait, are you talking about basketball? Yeah. Traveling. Are we talking about both traveling angles? that way? Um, and so every time I go into the South, my new thing, again, this is kind of a Russell and Rosie things. I'm going to talk about food in the last mm-hmm. part, but yeah, Russell's nice. got every not time insulted, he does things, he goes. So every time I go to the Southeast now, the first thing I do, usually I'm getting off a plane about noon as I go and find what I deem to be the best barbecue place yes. in these different towns. Nice. Okay. Yes. okay. Love it. And there's like, so I was in Charleston this ooh, week and... Ooh. Stop at something called Lou's Barbecue House or whatever, and it's awesome. And they've got the the fires going when you pull up, all that stuff. It's it's awesome. Slow Why are there not good. barbecue places in Minnesota? Why why does why does this? I mean, like where? I would say Minneapolis people eat street social is a pretty good barbecue spot. It's not like it's not like you're. You're down your Texas barbecue or anything like that. But if you're in Minneapolis, you go to Eat Street Social. They got good food. The best barbecue place I've ever been to, and this goes against all of my personal code, is attached to a gas station in Kansas City. It's called Oklahoma Joe's. Ooh, all right. And it's got the most amazing barbecue ever. It's the type of place where there's, you know, a 200-person line out of the gas station. But it is fantastic. I do know that Russell is opposed to gas station restaurants. So if Russell goes to a restaurant at a gas station, that is a big cosign. Well, you know why the line is so long? The, bar- the barbecue's all locked up, and you got to hit a buzzer every time you want to get it. <laughs> That's your best joke in like. Oh my gosh, month. Aaron! Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, hey, yeah, you bet. Yeah, uh, I think I'm you're wrong. So it, it wasn't my best joke. I mean, it was a good one, but I don't know. It was, you know, yeah. Uh, Russell, rolling, going. How's it going with you? 
rolling going. Everything is going okay in the real world. As, oh, my as, God. <laughs> as my standard now is, is. Is it okay or not okay in the real world? But one thing I wanted to share with you guys, I had a music experience a few weeks ago. I went and saw Footloose. Oh, at the oh. Chanhassen Dinner Theater. Oh, Have you guys ever no. been to the Chanhassen Dinner Theater? I've never been. You I, are I missed you're, the you're chance. I should have gone. You're seated at oh, tables. Here we go. Here we yeah, go. Right? Let's get it. And so here we go. You guys can see what I'm looking, right? Yep. Like, here's my table I'm eating, but the the stage is over there. Oh, yeah. So now I have to turn work. like this. And then, but then there's like four people at my table in front of me. <laughs> yep. So now I'm looking off over the side here <laughs> yep. or, or over to the side here, you know, kind of a thing. And so. Okay, I digress. Russell, it's not that bad. I, I, I'm no, it sounds like you like it a little bit, but if I had a choice, I wouldn't go back. Well, I really enjoyed it, but that was one of the things I was going to ask you is because when you get there, you essentially see if you have a group of four, for example, you either have booths, mm-hmm. which about 60% of them are all kind of at an awkward angle. So you're going to be cranking your head or you're going to have to sit like into the booth in a weird way, or there are tables of six. So you if if you have a group of four, you're going to be sitting with two strangers, and I know oh. Aaron's not down with that. Nope, nope. And don't be sneezing so, on my food. So strangers. what would your what would your preference be if let's let's say two of your listeners and and then another person, let's say someone who's married to one of the listeners, mm-hmm. let's say they're like, hey, let's go to Footloose, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you had the choice of sitting in either the booth that is kind of awkwardly angled or a table with two people you don't know. Uh, I, you got to go booth awkwardly angled. It happens all the time at the comedy club here in the city. Sometimes you get a table where you're just the two of you. Sometimes you're sharing it with the, the other couple. It's always a nightmare when you're sharing it with other couple, even if they're nice, you're still like, Oh, I can't like, I don't, ha- this is not my space. I want my space. I would rather look to the side than be sitting with a stranger. It's a nightmare. I agree. So Rob, when you were at the comedy club, if you're, let's say you're at a table of four yeah. and it's just you and Jenny, do you guys sit on the same side of the table or do you sit across from each other? We will always sit across from each other on dates, but at the comedy club, it's always jam packed. So we're always sitting next to each other just because it's like the kids on the airplane roll, right? Like I got to have somebody I know sitting next to me because I'm going to be all in their shit the whole time. It's, it's, there's nothing I can do about it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm thinking about changing my stance here. So what, how, like, when does dinner come out? When's the show come on? Like, oh, I'm thinking you got to get the best seats you can to see the show. Like you're there to see the show. You got to You got to do what you mm-hmm. can to see the show. You get there and, and dinner is probably two hours. You go from dinner from like six to eight. And oh then the show God. goes from eight to probably 1030 with like a 20 minute intermission. Oh, Jesus. How do you stay oh, awake? Wow. And so you're, I mean, you're sitting in the booth and it could be uncomfortable and you're there for a good five hours. Yeah, you need a, you need a good comfy chair, man. You're going to be sitting that long. You got to, you got to pick the most comfortable chair you can be in. And that's, you, that's the important part. I mean, five hours with strangers. Lumbar support. You need, yeah, man. Like. Sounds like you're on a flight to London to go see a concert, which is which it turns out is not that cheap if you really look at the, all the numbers. It turns out you it's can't quite sit expensive. in the booth for five hours. No, you got to go to the table, man. Forget it. You got to be comfy. Yeah, I actually did enjoy the show quite a bit. I thought it was fun. I I have never seen Footloose the movie. Neither like I'm a, I know of it, yeah, but I've never seen it. It's kind of like Grease. What? You know, I know one or two of the songs, but I've never seen it. Have you, you guys seen it? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Bacon. Never seen Footloose. It's got one of the most iconic intros of all time. Footloose. Just the it's, beat. It's, oh filmed in, it's filmed in Iowa, isn't it? What? Filmed it's, in Iowa or set in Iowa? I mean, that they're, they're all wearing like cowboy boots yeah. and driving like pickup yeah, trucks. Yeah, they've got a hoop in a stick that they're playing with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're all driving those pick, those old timey pickup trucks with the big things over the wheels. What? I guess I was just. I guess I was just all assuming. Right, everybody, go around, like. Here's an estimate. Everybody estimate the percentage of kids at your high school who wore cowboy boots. I'm going to say ten percent. Russell, what do you got? 
Oof. I'm going to say five. Un- under. Under 10. Under 10? Yeah, I'm going to say five. Yeah, 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 it was under 10. 1%? No. Really? Yeah, bro. You guys grew up? Yeah. Bro, oh, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> the stereotypes are there for a reason, bro. If t- Hold on, <laughs> Rosie. Rosie, Rosie, take your, take your earphones yeah, yeah, out so we can talk back. All right. So nice mind, was I right, guys? Was I right? Footloose filmed in Iowa. I mean, yeah. he's kind of proving my yeah, point. Exactly. Here, yeah. yeah, okay. All yeah. right, Rosie. He actually on. comes from a town where he can't dance. That's the thing. It, Footloose yeah. has one of my favorite scenes of all time. And Russell, did they have this in the play where he's so upset that the only thing he can do is go to a barn and, and dance, dance it out. out. He's got to dance yep. it out. Yep. Kevin he's Bacon dance. is yep. dancing it out. Was that in the play, Russell? Was there a scene where he was so upset he had to dance it out? Yeah, there was a lot of angry dancing. <laughs> yes. There was a lot of angry dancing. <laughs> yes. And then there may have been uh, me and one of the people that one of our listeners that went to this Footloose show mm-hmm. watched some of the scenes on YouTube because I'd never seen the movie and that our listener wanted to show me what 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 they were trying to reenact. And I watched the angry like barn dance or whatever that is. That guy needs to be locked up. That person is a psychopath. Like if you ran into someone who's like angrily dancing like that, yeah. that person. There's padded walls that are needed. I'm that curious, actually. I, right. I think I'm curious about what time of day that person was showing you those videos. Was it like morning, or was it like was it like later in the evening? Like when would you have been watching those videos? I, I don't know, Aaron. You know, our listeners yes. are very dedicated. Aaron, goddamn, this is like a true crime podcast, Aaron. I love this shit. <laughs> You're so good. You know, at what, it. I was su- you know what I was Russell, surprised about? Can I ask about, you though? one question first before yeah. we before we move on? Yeah. This might get edited out, but. Would, have you ever gone to a dinner show like that in a small theater with maybe somebody who's very, very loud? And part of the thing is they can't hear very well, so they actually speak very, very loudly. And maybe it might be a genetic thing because it seems to run in the family quite a bit, actually. Has that ever happened to you? No, no. Oh, that, wow. That, that didn't really jump out, but I will say a few that times. one of our, our listeners, I'll, I'll say our listener's spouse, um, decided he was going to tell a dirty joke, and one of our listeners wasn't pumped oh. that this this person was going to tell a dirty joke. So I'm kind of curious what what is your guys' reaction? So I, I'm not really offended easily by jokes and that type of thing. So yeah. when this person said, "Hey, I'm going to tell a dirty joke," one of the people at our table was not thrilled yeah. that this person was going to tell a dirty joke. So what are your guys' thoughts on dirty jokes in maybe company where dirty jokes aren't probably the right way to go? Love them. Gotta keep going. Just keep, keep going. You gotta, no matter what, you gotta pump that shit up, especially if somebody else doesn't want them to do it. I just, the urge to be like, oh yeah, this is so great. You you keep gassing them up the whole time until they inevitably go too far and regret it. I gassed and encouraged it too. So there you go. I think when it's, when you, when you are not the person telling the dirty joke and dealing with ramifications, all, all in. But uh, yeah, it's a slippery slope. It's a scary thing to be, scary place to be. I was going to say, I did enjoy the music. Uh, the The show was very, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was a little, it was every musical or every, every show is 40 minutes too long. They, like we, we're not living in a world where anyone wants to sit in a musical for two and a half hours anymore. Yep. It's oh, too that's long. A long time. Dog man, the musical dog man, the musical 55 minutes. Oh, that's, oh, good. that's great. Perfect. <laughs> but I will say I was surprised. I did not know all these famous songs were from footloose. So I know footloose, obviously. But let's hear it for the boy. Didn't know that was a Footloose song. Yep. Nope. Almost Paradise. Didn't know that was a Footloose song. Oh, wow. Hold Now for a Hero. I never knew any of these were Footloose <laughs> songs. Like, they kept playing songs that I knew. I was like, this is badass. Yeah. I got respect. <laughs> those are, those I, are jams, I like that. I like the mental picture of Russ being at the play, and Footloose comes on, and Russ looks around and goes, holy shit, that's from well, this? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I was going to say, Rob. 
<laughs> what I was going to say is, I don't know how if this normally happens at shows or if this is at the beginning of the movie, but the very beginning of the musical, they come out and they do Footloose. They sing the song and they're dancing. I'm like, why am I even here? Like, if, if they're going to give me the what? payoff uh-huh. at the very beginning, oh. why don't I just get, like, get up and walk out? Like, I thought I had to stay for two and a half hours you thought to hear Footloose at the end. I didn't know they were going to sing it right away. You thought Footloose was the closing number. I thought it had to be. I thought that's the whole point. No, Russell, it's, it, listen, sometimes, you know what the problem is? You're wound a little bit too tight. You know what I would recommend okay. you do? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I would recommend you cut loose every once in a while. Cut foot loose. Yeah. That's your best joke. Oh, Aaron, you're just going crazy today. I love it. Rob, rolling going. How's it going with you? I had a disturbing thing happen to me today at work. I was drinking a uh, a bubbly water, and it turns out everybody's bubbly water had something on the tab, like written on there. That was like "Hey" or whatever. It was kind of a cute thing. I have an unfortunate habit, and I don't know why I do this, but every time I open a can of, of pop or soda or whatever, I open it up the tab, I break it, and I put it into the drink. Am I weird? Am I the only person who does this? Like I why take the tab. Do that? open i don't know why i somebody because they said what's on your tab and i go oh i put it in the can and they looked at me like i had three heads and i was like oh and they go why do you do that and i i was like i don't know i've always done it i i don't know if it's because maybe then i don't drink it too fast because i know i might die if on a pop tab which would be i mean if that was my funeral if that was on my tombstone zero people would be surprised died on a pop tab. we've been at this for how long a year and a half maybe more Mm-hmm. We've learned a lot about each other. We spend a lot of time together. That is yeah. the weirdest thing any of you guys have ever said on the podcast. That is the weirdest thing I've learned about any of you guys. That's so. Did you weird, hear the thing Rob. about how my wife's fetish is sleeping above the sheets while I sleep under it? I mean, that's sick. <laughs> that's not even close. And coming from you, Rosie, like as the yeah. judge of the weirdest thing that's that so ever weird. come out of this podcast. Like, yeah. This is coming from a man who who recently sent you a video of my child taking off my sock. So you really have to think about what you're saying. Yeah, no, and, and I don't know why. You guys don't do that, huh? You don't take the pop tab off and put it in the... I, I always turn the tab sideways to the right. My pop tab is always turned 90 degree angle to the right. That is fucked. Why do I you like do that? that? That's I, weird. Then you know it's your can. Then you know it's your can. It's like, oh. it's like a beer thing from being in college where there's cans of beers all over. Like you got to have a way to flag your cans. So mine is always 90, tab is 90 degrees. To That's the so right. weird. Cause when I chewed tobacco, I would always do that. I'd turn my tab to the right too. So I'm glad we never hung out that much, Russell. That would have been. Mm. Listen, I get it. No, I get it. That's, that's a good joke. The, the other that. thing yeah, it turns good. out is. <laughs> so then they said, well, aren't you worried about it being dirty? And I said, well, no, that's not. And they, and then it turns out everyone I work with, they wipe down the top of the soda can oh, yeah. before they drink it. Oh, I've never done that. Yeah, in my you life. do that, yeah. Aaron? I've never even. No, no, no I don't. I don't. But I know someone who does. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I never knew that either. I didn't I know that was a thing because it's like if it sits in your fridge for a week, it's like whatever is on there is gone. Why? Why? What makes you think it's gone if it's in the fridge? Food doesn't go bad in your fridge? What are you talking about? No, I'm about? saying a, a, a person once told me that most pathogens can't survive more than 24 hours. So. Whatever you think is on your can that's going to make you sick. If it's been 24 hours since the thing landed on there, it's probably gone. So you, what if it's just like dust coming out of it? It's going to kill anything on there anyway. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. I do not wipe down my pop can. I'm just saying I know someone who does, and I, I get it. 
everyone I work with does. And they, again, looked at me like I'm a freak because I didn't wipe down the pop can. I've never even, it's never occurred to me to wipe down the pop can before you bring it. Listen, text into the back line, hashtag, uh, uh, wipe me down. I, hashtag wipe me down <laughs> if you wipe down the pop can. Okay. And it doesn't count if you, ha- if you typed in hashtag wipe me down last week. Okay. What? And even better, we're now right under, under this entire bit we're listening to the great hit by Lil Webby featuring Boozy Badass Wipe Me Down <laughs> why do I feel like I'm going to have to go on Vimeo to find that oh that's a that's a that is that was lost that was on all the street we say to the club gas tank yeah. on E still VIP all drinks on me wipe me down wipe, wipe me down <laughs> Wow. Un- unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get into everybody's favorite part of the show. Let's album? talk about the album. Nobody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about the album. Oh, Real quick, before yeah. we start, let me tell you this. How, how many Jimi Hendrix albums do you think we've done already? Just right now at the top of your head. I think we did two. We did Experienced yeah. and then the other one. And Electric Ladyland. <laughs> I had 1,000% per- forgot the fact that we did Electric Ladyland. I had to go to Beck Did It Better Google search. Find our webpage, okay, and then type in Electric Ladyland question mark. And it turns out we did do it where I made a song about Aaron's small meat, which I listened <laughs> to and I laughed again. Uh, but I totally forgot it. It turns out Jimi Hendrix was literally famous for four years before he died. That's it. Yeah, 66 to 70 pretty much. Right? From are you experienced to when he died was four years. All this Hendrix right. stuff that we have. All the the songs, the albums, like the the there's some great live stuff. If you want to listen to some stuff he's doing live, it's unbelievable. Live in that's Maui. four. That's four years, and part of it, right, is that he had this tragic. I mean, Jimi Hendrix's whole life is kind of a tragic story. Grew up uh, with with parents where one got pregnant before he went into the army, and then it was a whole That'd disaster. Yeah, he he he. The dad and him never got along. The mom. Uh, was super sick, which actually they think is what maybe part of Castles Made of Sand is written about. He got caught riding around in a stolen car twice. And so the judge said, listen, you can go to the military or you can go to jail. He chose to go to the military, became a paratrooper. Uh, did the the thing that I would definitely do where when he was in the military, he was like, you know what? It kind of sucks. I'd rather play music. So he goes to the military and he goes, hey guys, just to let you know, I'm gay. And they were like, what? And he's like, I'm gay. Check out this boa I like to wear. And they're like, whoa, you are so gay. And so they gave him an honorable discharge. And he went over to London. He, they do, uh, he meets uh, Mitch Mitchell and uh, uh, Noel Redding. They come out with Are You Experienced? Become absolutely giant in the UK, right? They are trying to, to do this album, Access Bolded Love. They're trying to record it before he can go to Monterey Pop. Um, they don't quite get it done. He goes to Monterey Pop, of course, sets his guitar on fire after Wild Thing. And again, here you're hearing the intro to the Monterey Pop Festival where he plays Killing Floor. Still one of the greatest pieces of live music I've ever heard in my life. If you heard this, it would absolutely blow your mind at a concert with the lights off. I highly recommend you look at the video of it. And so now he comes back and he's got Are You Experienced under his belt? He's starting to become more confident as a songwriter, as a singer. He's toying around more with electronics. They're building pedals for him. We're seeing a lot of um, kind of effects come out of this album. And so basically this album, Access Bold as Love, comes out seven months after Are You Experienced? Uh, and it's, it's, it's an interesting album because there's not as many singles off of it. But at the same time, it's, it's a rich album. It's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost more and less bizarre than Are You Experienced? But 
I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little more jazzy and a little less kind of acid rock. But at the same time, there's like talking about aliens and shit. He also, I should tell you, right before, and I think this is really telling because you know I love a well-produced album. Right before this album was due, which I don't know why they would make Jimi Hendrix be due at any time. Like, let's let him work till he's done. They lost all the masters for um, side two. And so they had to rush in and do an overnight remixing session. And Jimmy said he left the, he left the master tapes in a cab somewhere. And he, Jimmy said that he thinks that the album was not mixed correctly because they had to rush so much to get it done. And he wishes they would have had more time to do it. He thinks it would have sounded better. So I don't know. There you go. Got all the way up to number three. Let's start with EXP. This is, it starts with the notes from Stone Free, a song of his. Good evening, Stone ladies and gentlemen. Free. Welcome to radio station EXP. Tonight we are featuring this sounds like something from a like from a Madlib album. Paul like it's, it's wild. Like this sounds like early two thousands instrumental hip hop to me. Like this kind of shit was going on all the time. Well, and then it's really wild. So he's inter- being interviewed about flying saucers, and then he was a big sci-fi guy. Like he was a huge sci-fi guy. Yeah, where the uh, purple haze apparently was about aliens. It was supposed to be like forty-five minutes long or whatever. Sci-fi guy. (laughs) (laughs) But so they do this guitar little thing, and they have it panning back and forth, so it's supposed to sound like a UFO spinning around your head, which is great. I love it. I thought this was an absolute atrocity. This was so so bad. It is so unpleasant to listen to. If it would have gone on for thirty seconds, I would have thought it's an amazing beginning to an album. It's two and a half minutes of just atrocious noise. It, this is but, a horrible start. Listen, to an album. but no, you got to understand. Like this is an experiment with them panning around. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do an experiment right now. I'm sitting to your right. Russell's sitting to your right. Aaron and Matt are sitting to your left. We're at the movies, okay? I've panned Russell and I hard right. I've panned Let's Rosie and Matt hard left. And we're now at the movies. We're sitting there. Guys, what do you think movies of this movie that we're watching with our audience right now? The show people having sex. Hey, do you guys want to try any of this popcorn? Dig, dig real deep. Wait, I don't want to talk about popcorn because popcorn is my next rolling going in the next episode. Oh, oh my God. Now. Next week, you're going to talk about that. Next <laughs> talk about popcorn next week. So do you guys understand the bit I'm doing where we're doing a play right now? This is an improvised scene where we're at the movies. And right now you're That's all just staring at me. I was improvising the scene about popcorn. What the fuck are no, you No, you were about? talking about the podcast. You suck at improvising the I scene. Was you were talking, talking about, about the popcorn. Scene. Are you going to pan this shit or not? We'll find out in, I, in post. Yes, it's Rob. panned. I asked you guys to reach into this popcorn, dig deep, and grab something. Oh, you're doing the diner scene. Oh, yeah. So Does it hot. make you comfortable that I brought microwave popcorn to the oh, theater? Oh, God, don't even get me about theater? that. Such bullshit. I'm reaching in here, but this just feels like a tiny thumb in here. Why is it so wide? It's a real girthy kind of situation. It feels like it's wearing a turtleneck sweater. It's so strange. I don't get it. Matt, do you have anything to say from way over left? <laughs> way over left. No, I'm trying to catch up and see if I can read a little bit about this album. Like, <laughs> oh, talk no. intelligent. Well, we're off to a very strong start. Okay, next up, Up From The Skies. I mean, listen to the jazz on this. Oof. You hear this a lot in the album, too, with this gentle wah, gentle wah-wah in the back. I, I, I heard you, you mentioned the jazz. I heard the drums. Yep. And this is like what we've heard with Miles before, and it's it's those brush drumming, right? Oh, it's when they right. use brushes to start drumming. Jimmy and I started reading a little bit about that, and it turns out that one of the first people ever to use a brush with drumming 
was a guy called Warren Baby Dodds, and he did a song, uh, numerous songs with this guy named Jelly Roll Morton Jelly Roll, yeah, in yeah, 1927. Yeah. Have you guys heard of this guy? Jelly Roll. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a great name, but check this out. I pulled up one of the songs. It's called Mournful Serenade. You'll hear where he was using like a broom for drumming. Wait. He's using a broom? Is that what you just said? That's what they said he was using as a broom. He might have been, yeah, because like the, the brush became like similar to, to a broom. Yeah. But so this was kind of part of the start. You can just kind of hear it patented. It's just softer, yeah, right? Yeah. And so this became the start. And so then you, you had all these jazz artists that were using brush drumming. And I tried to do a list on it, but there wasn't a ton of things I could find other than songs with no lyrics and we're not doing not real songs on this list we're doing real songs but i did see there was actually uh you know uh i think the opening of is it uh what was it miles one of the miles davis songs on kind of blue started off with that brush drumming too i think a lot of them do right Aaron? uh, yeah because i think jimmy cobb's on there and then he does he's the drummer on naima by john coltrane and coltrane brought him in specifically he's not the drummer on the rest of giant steps but coltrane brought him in specifically to do the brush drumming on naima it turns out there there is one pop song that does have brush brush drumming though, and it's by Beck. The song oh! is Lost Cause. Check this out. Oh god, this song's so fucking sad. I love it. So good. I love this song. God, it's yeah. such a good song. This is a good. You just song. can kind of hear that. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah. It's like you're never sure if it's actually there, but it's there. Yeah. So I, I was looking on this song, and there are actually four percussion players listed, and one of them is Beck. So I think it's fair to assume that Beck was playing the brush drumming. I think it's totally on fair. Lost Cause. Totally. We, we can, we was Hendrix playing yeah. it, or was it Mitch Mitchell? I think it was Mitch Mitchell. It, it was Mitch Mitchell. So when it comes to brush drumming, who did it better? Beck did it better. God, I love that song. That whole album, I love that album, but I never listened to it because it's so fucking sad. Oh, that's so good. Russell, god damn. I was like, Russell was sending Russell. me these songs, and I was like, these things are all over the place. I don't know where we're going with this, but that was... God, that's but, amazing, that, Russell. but you mentioned that jazz. That's a cool way to start that album. It was completely a little bit different, yeah. wasn't it, than yeah. some of the other ones on this one? I, this is one of the few songs that he played live off this album because it wasn't kind of a, a technical fest. This is Spanish Castle Magic. Julian the Castle's on this one. And he loves sci-fi and fantasy, right? He, he didn't want to live on Earth, man. He wanted to live somewhere else. Huge sci-fi guy. Huge yeah. sci-fi this Spanish castle was a club outside of uh, where he was in Washington, and it was in a town called Des Moines, Washington. Oh, recently voted the number one Des Moines in the whole country. Second best Des Moines ever. ever. It's the number one Des Moines ever. It's, it's the <laughs> number best. Number one Des Moines. Yeah. Only uh, 5% of people there are wearing cowboy boots, so that's this why it was. This is the song you can hear. I don't know now what the chronology <laughs> is, but I, yeah, I got you. I don't know what the chronology is about when he ruined Clapton's life, but it might have been before or after this. But that song, like Cream was like Cream was trying so hard to make that song. Like Cream made a whole album just like trying to make that song. And I but now maybe I'm wrong, maybe the chronology switched around. But that to me it's, like is exactly what Cream was trying to do. That, I I you're referring to that famous Clapton story where he went and heard Jimi Hendrix play guitar. Yeah. And, and then somebody like, oh, found him wish in the back ever. of a cab crying and they said, yes. Well, what what's wrong? And he said, well, I'll never be that good at a guitar. So what's the point yeah. of what I'm doing? Um, which I've never felt with this podcast because I feel like we can only go up. I think we're working on our improvising skills. Uh, you saw that movie theater clip. It was definitely really long and good and it, it had a full circle and we caught the game with it. And it was really. It was never good. heard a better podcast than this one. So I'm never going to like. No. Cry in the background. Yeah. And that's the thing with people, you know, usually me crying in the back seat was just uh, Aaron after a dance when he's getting driven 
He's getting driven home by his date and her boyfriend. Uh, it happened. I, I read that. I read that Hendrix had that song was part of his set at Woodstock, and that Woodstock got so delayed that he was like the closing act or whatever, and he didn't play till nine in the morning. Did you guys Jesus know that? Christ. I don't know enough about yeah. Woodstock. When That's you, crazy. Yes, That's when wild. you hear him, when you hear him doing the national anthem, that was like the morning after morning. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like sun's coming up kind of a thing yeah man look, look how annoyed matt gets when we start 20 minutes yeah. late could you imagine if we put jimmy hendrix on him on this <laughs> boo <laughs> who's the one guy here on this on this woodstock booing the national anthem <laughs> all right well guys we could wait till tomorrow but for me that's only 10 minutes from now wait until tomorrow this is another oh, one is beautiful fantastic yeah song. But this is another one where I feel like the mix is not quite there. I think it could have been awesome. Here, this feels a little thin to me. I don't know. But there's again, there's you only can hear, uh, you know, he, he came up as a rhythm guitarist, right? We talked about this a thousand times. He played for James Brown here and there, and it didn't work out. Played for Curtis Knight and the Squires. And you can hear him just like, this is easy for him. And he's doing stuff that, like, it's not easy, right? And he just sounds amazing. Part of the reason he was playing, he got fired from those jobs with uh, Little Richard and who else was he with? Was he he was with yeah, James, Richard, Brown. James Brown? Uh, he might have played with Sam Cooke too. It was a, like he was with everybody for a while. Yeah, Little Richard fired him because he was taking attention away from Little Richard. Imagine how what you have to be to take attention away from Little Richard because he's like, <laughs> it's like, listen, there's that guy screaming playing a piano. But who's that guitar player over there with the bow? It's also on? about looks, right? Like Little Richard was going to be like, I am going to be the prettiest person on stage. Yep. Like if anyone is more like there, I'm not going to stand for someone being as pretty as me on this stage. So like, it's Real, not all Jimmy's fault there. Real quick. Little Richard alive or dead? Dead. Oh, he's got to be dead. Is he? He's got to be hmm. recently. Yeah. By the way, that was my nickname in high school. And now I'm realizing it wasn't nice. I feel like Richard. if he wasn't dead, he would be in some sort of uh, commercial for. They were calling you a big for peanuts Richard. or something <laughs> like. He would be in like that's B, true. B level commercials, wouldn't yeah. he? What a big right, Richard. Yeah, he, he what a Richard. Richard. Long tall Sally, come walking down the alley. She gets Geico insurance. Something to something, you know, guys. Again, we're improvising. This is a good bit. I like it. Ain't no telling. Love the guitar sound on this. Side one of this album is. Strong, I think. Little Richard died in 2020. Yeah, yeah, really? a terrible year. Wow. How did I miss that? I think the mix is nice on this one because the drums are crisp and loud, and you can hear Jimmy's this, voice. But it's side one. It's side one. So. Yeah, you're right. This this one I do. I I like this. It just feels full. I don't know. I, I Were you guys excited to listen to this album? Again, I got into work. I put this on. I was excited to listen to this every day we listened to it. It was great. I liked it, but you know, part of me, this album made me feel really old because there are songs that are so loud and the drums are so far forward Uh-oh. and he's just slamming the guitar and it's just, it's there's certain songs that are just loud and in your face and I was like, I might be too old for this shit. Like, this isn't what I want to listen to at times. <laughs> it, it's too intense. Yeah, no, you're right, Russell. And And for me, I, so I had two, I had two problems with this album, which I guess we'll get into in our, in our rating system, but I'm going to spoil it now. Uh, some of these songs are just too British for me. Like, it's just like two, <laughs> two Rolling Boy. Stones and, and two Brian Jones for me. Uh, like, I feel like Ain't No Telling is one to me. Uh, and then, you know, we were, we were also listening to next week's album at the same time. And I, 
I really liked the vibe of next week's album more than this one. So uh, it was hard because sometimes I could just, I just wanted to chill and the, the next album we're going to listen to is much more chill. And this one, yeah, you're right, Russell. Like it has moments where it's just like super wound up. Oi, mate, you don't think this album's good, isn't it? Come over here yeah. and give you a taste of me nooks. <laughs> and the, all the other things that I could say in a British accent, I don't want to right now. I'm so Gumna. busy. Call everybody Govna. What's up, Govna? Do I get to bring back my list of Big Sid Vicious or not Big Sid Vicious? <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of people email in about that, about how much they loved it, actually, and understood it. And they weren't confused by it. it they loved that list. shit. That was a great one. Yeah. That was a great one. But game. I think for me, that's why I really liked Wait Until Tomorrow. It was a little bit calmer. It, it, it was not as loud and in your face as, as some of the, like, I, I don't know. You guys have described it before where I think Matt's described it with some artists that maybe weren't the best singers were there. They're putting other instruments and they're bringing that to the front. I just, the, the drums were really loud on this. It felt like they were in the front. As Matt <laughs> Every would say. time you say I the agree. drums are too yeah, loud, it makes the me The drums laugh. are louder than I want. Yeah. Because wow. I don't think Mitchell's a great drummer, really. So it's, yeah, I'd rather hear more guitar. Russ is like, oh, time to go back and put on some Steely Dan and just become an old man. This is so yes. fun. Yeah. Just enjoy some grooves, man. Because like, sometimes I just want to hear like, I mean, let's hear it. You might not like the drums, Russell, but you know what mm-hmm. everybody loves? The glockenspiel. And the drum fill. Boom. Listen to that glockenspiel. Ah, yes. I believe this is the first song that made two lists prior to it's, its album right. showing up on the top five. Yeah, this is on the glockenspiel list, right? Glockenspiel into the drum fill. Yes. It's a pretty amazing song. I mean, it's a good song. I, it, I'll tell you what, this song is unbelievable. And the, uh, the Stevie Ray Vaughan version, of course, is probably one of the most famous covers of this. What I the only thing I don't like about this song is at the end. Listen to how it just ends. Listen to this song, Little Wing, by the way. He's just about to start ripping, and it just fades it out. Just fades out. And I'm like, what is going on? Where, you gotta let that. Where's the rest rip. of this song? That's a two and a half minute song. That should be a fucking. That should be. Excuse me. That should be a 15 minute song. That should be way longer. And I want the drums louder, Russell, because I'm young and cool. He's doing that same thing that Steve Cropper was doing, like, or tried to do, or it was just like toss off some licks. Just like every every third note is just like this fucking blistering lick that sounds like super easy. Go ahead, Russell. Yeah. Yeah. They crazy. have a couple strange endings on this. I think Bold is Love, one of the very ones at the end, there's like a fake ending with at like three minutes right, into the right. song, you think it's over and then it comes back in. So there's a lot of strange endings on this, this album. Oh. If six was nine. White collar conservative flashing down the Something Black Sabbath, right? You hear this, you're like, oh, this is. Yeah. This is a headphone song, for sure. Yeah. It's cool as hell. This was another one for me that. Uh, there's like a screeching unpleasantness to it at the end that I, it was one of the songs I skipped every time. Once I got to the end, I couldn't make it to the whole song. It, I, yeah, it kind of breaks down at the end, but the beginning was so loud, strong. right? Like that's what you hear about his yeah. live shows where he was like, he was louder than anybody. And like, there probably wouldn't be metal without this album. That's literally the theme of my life, being louder than everybody. You got me floating. This song about a root beer float <laughs> man when was the last time you guys have a root beer float I had remember like two I made days that ago one, remember I had a black cow wasn't that a root beer float with bourbon in it oh, yeah. remember a while oh, back delicious and what do you think you go soft serve in a root beer float like A&W style or like Briar's ice no. cream scoop it's gotta, it's gotta be a, a hard no hard I'm scoop. telling you soft serve root beer floats are objectively better 
And the reason is, is that when you scoop it, you get those ice crystals at the end that are on the Ooh. top. And you don't get that with a soft serve. You get the nice foam. I oh, love right. a soft serve root beer float. Oh, God. Dang, That's Russell, good. you make me want to have a root beer float right now. Yeah, right? Shit. How come there how come there aren't more kinds of floats? Why is it only a root beer float? Oh, bro. Coke, there's Coke floats. Have you never had Mountain Dew LimeWire? It's a it's a soda that was specifically <laughs> oh, designed God. for ice cream. It's an orange soda. You put some ice cream in that with a float, bro. You got it done. Awful. No wonder they've no wonder they've cut you off at the Walgreens from ice cream. The the other the other the reason I can tell Russell that you're not a big fat guy is the fact that you've said, why aren't there other kind of floats? Bro, there are all kinds of floats if you try hard enough. It's not, it's it's easy to do. You can put ice cream literally in any drink. Okay. Just get it done. Matt, are you a root beer float guy? Uh yeah. If they're there, I'll pick one up, but <laughs> I can go out of my way to make one. If I walk into a gas station and they got root beer floats sitting around, maybe I'll grab one. Yeah. yeah. The fact that you've never fantasized about Ruber floats also is why you're not a big fat guy. Okay, I'm not gonna cross the street to get one. You know, kind <laughs> oh of my thing. God. that's outrageous. Something else is right here. I'd cross yeah. the street for a root beer float. Uh, this is kind of the original, isn't it? Ironic, don't you think? It's Castles made of sand. Oh, I love this song. It's sad. I think this is the one sort of heavily biographical or autobiographical yeah. song of his, right? Like he's really talking about some fights he had with his lady. Yeah. I mean, he literally had some issues out in the woods with his friends. Like it's it's real stuff. I, Jimi Hendrix is a, it's, it's a sad story when you read what he was no, doing. Again, he's life. doing this stuff where he just tosses off these licks. They sound easy. I'm sure they're not. Yeah. Every Sunday during the summer up at Cole's Resort, they have a Castles Made of Sand contest. They call it a Castles Made of Sand contest. Get it? It's like a sand contest, Rob. And every week, every week, Russell's like, they're like, Russell, again, a giant sand penis is not what we're asking for. And we do have a family resort here. Sorry, this is not going to, this is not going to work. I love Castles Made of Sand. It's always been one of my favorite Jimmy songs. Well, that brings up a good point. Does, um... Jimi Hendrix is known as for his guitar. I think he's a good singer, but I've heard that he's not like wildly considered to be a good singer. Is that, Aaron, did we talk about that, Rosie? Before? Well, I think he wasn't, that wasn't his main talent, but right. it's all about if it speaks to you, right? Like, it, I think yeah. he's an emotion. I think he gets his point across. I think it sounds good. No, he like, I also think he writes his lyrics. Yeah, he does. To fit his grooves, yeah. if you will. And that's what I thought. It's exactly what I thought, I think, to Russell's point. Like, why are we calling it a castle made of sand, right? But I think you're writing lyrics to fit the music yeah. kind of a deal. Yeah. Instead of just saying a sand castle, you're saying a castle made of sand because it fits I, the... Because it works. I think if, yeah. if, if Jimmy didn't die when he was 27, I think it would have been so interesting to see where he would have gone later in life when he would have gotten bored with rock and roll. He would have gotten to call his own shots. I think you would hear him come out with an instrumental. He would have more money. He would have got more, you know, he would have had time to just sit and do nothing and, you know, in a, in a studio. Well, he was going to play. I mean, we talked about this before. He was going to play with Miles. Uh, yes. Quincy Jones was trying to get him together with Miles and Paul McCartney and others. I mean, he would have played a lot more jazz. He would have done psychedelic freak out rock. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And then he probably would have become like a super weird conservative right toward the end, you know, like all these, all of our favorite guitar gods do. But it's like, it would have been great to hear him just come out with like a true, just instrumental jazz album and hear what he does. I mean, he probably would have invented all brand new kinds of music. Like it's, 
it's really a bummer that there's just not more Jimi Hendrix out there. I don't know. But at the same time, like you get an album like this and it's just him doing pretty much whatever he wants. And it's, it's fun to listen to. And that's why this song is so f- weird to put on this album. <laughs> she is so fine. Okay. And again, you think I'm going to make another ballpoint pen joke. I'm not. Okay. She's so fine. This is a Noel Redding song that is just on the She's album. She's so fine. My 409. She's 409. real fine. Oh, I thought we were doing a barbershop quartet. I thought we were doing a round. Are we doing another Beach Boys album or not? When's that happening? Yep. Uh, 400s. <laughs> 400s. There is one in the 400. I just listened to one of the 400s. Oh. But yeah. uh, she's so fine. A terrible, terrible song. The I mean, it's yeah, not like a Beatles song, right? right? Yeah. yeah. yeah get out. Ken, you asked the question whether Jimmy's a great singer or not, and it's like, I'm not sure. But then you hear Noel Redding, and you're like, no, no. I, I just want to hear Jimmy, so I get it. Well, out. I think part of the, going back to that, part of the issue is that Jimmy didn't like his singing, right? He would be super yeah. embarrassed on I'm Are You shy, Experienced? Right. He would cover up the window to the control room so they couldn't see him sing. I think he was getting more confident at this point. We, we've, we've talked about before how... When I was in Nashville, I didn't like when the front man would let the bass player do their song and they would go off stage, right? right? So, so you know, I was thinking about this. And just because the front man wasn't singing on this one doesn't mean there aren't other songs that aren't great where the front man or the lead singer Ooh. is not the lead vocalist. So mm. I thought we could do a list oh, of the God. greatest songs ever where the lead singer or the, the person singing is not the front man oh, or not yeah. the lead singer. Dude, dude, I love dude, the concept of me being like, let's... Cruise to this song. We don't need to listen to it. Russ is like, no, this is my list. Please stop. Wait a minute. <laughs> it is better. Oh, oh, yeah. First song on the list is from 1973. This is Grand Funk Railroad. We're an American band. Check this one out. Oh, my God. Wait, so who's the lead singer from Grand Funk Railroad? So the re- the regular lead singer was Mark Farmer, but this was actually their drummer singing on this song. And my favorite part about this is made me laugh so bad. I could see this happening to Rob and it just killing him. They found out that this made it to as as a number one single on Mark Farmer's birthday. So the lead oh. singer's birthday, <laughs> they find out that the song where the drummer's singing the song becomes a number one hit. I thought oh, that the was idea bad, of this podcast becoming the number one podcast in the world, getting picked up by Spotify and Russell's the main host makes me want to barf. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me sick. I would be so mad. Oh my God. I'm just sitting there in the background. Can't do anything. Meanwhile, my drummer is singing. Oh, yuck. Get me out of here. Next song on the list is from 1975. We've talked about this band. They've sold a ton of albums, but I don't think, I don't even know where they're on the list. Maybe Matt knows it. This is the Eagles' Take It to the Limit. Who is the singer on this one? Is this Don Henley? I believe it's Randy Meisner. Yeah, it's not Don Henley, right? So I think this is the bass player, Randy Meisner. So... Why, why are the Eagles not higher on the list? They sell a ton of albums. Do people like the Eagles? No Do one they likes not the like Eagles, them? What's man. Their, why not? They're a punchline. Yeah, they're yeah. a total punchline. It's Why are they a punchline? 118 Hotel California, 207 Eagles by the Eagles. I think, I think well, it'll be fun to listen. That's coming up. We're going to hear that within the next three years or so. I, I, I think the Eagles, Russell, literally it's Hotel California. You heard it so much. And then when they came back with that, remember when they came back with that acoustic album when we were like, I don't know what, 16, and you heard it one million times? Oh, my God, made me barf. But I will say that song, um, 
by the Eagles where it's like, there are stars in the southern sky. It's kind of like a um, a barbershop quartet. You guys want to try it? Yep. There are stars in the southern sky. Is one of the greatest songs of all time. It's in the top no, ten. No, I, sh- I don't no, know why. I, I think it's not one of the greatest songs of all time. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's bullshit. Oh, what? Isn't this the guy who's all... like, oh, whatever we you like? I think so it's much fine. Music together, and you're gonna call that one of the greatest songs of all time? Oh, oh my god. I'm sorry that I'm not listening to Weezus Jesus sing about teenage dreams or whatever you're talking about. Like that, I, <laughs> the, the Eagles, man. They, well, if you had read my email, we would have been able to listen to it together in the podcast. But I sent you the link. So busy. I'm so busy. I was going to yell at you for not sending me an email, but now I realize I never checked. So that's on me. <laughs> this is a few years later. This is from 1983. This is Toto Africa. You guys will know this one, right? These guys, these guys covered that Weezer song, right? This wasn't sung by Toto, by Mr. Toto? So it turns out they had two primary main singers, Bobby Kimball and Steve Lukather. And each of them took their tries at it, and they weren't getting the vocal right. And they actually said... Um, he had what they called Elton John, mouthful of words, lots of words to get in a very short amount of time. It reminded me of Rob last week, trying to get in too many words <laughs> in a short amount of time. So it turns this out that abusive. Dave Pash, who I think was the keyboard player, ended up doing the, the main vocals on that song. Sometimes you got to step back. So I'm just saying, Rob, maybe there's, if you've got a mouthful, maybe it's time for Matt to jump in. Sometimes I, I think maybe I'd be more organized and get things done if I have a to-do list, but I mistyped it, and now I have my total list, and it's, <laughs> I don't get much done. You have your ta-da <laughs> yeah. list. Ta-da. Well, that's when I do my magic tricks. Yeah, that's my ta-da list. <laughs> and then when I really misspelled it, it's just a toad list. And I'm like, well, this doesn't even really make sense. And then you're like, well... For Wordle, I need one more letter. Yeah. So this is a toads list. Yeah, toads today, list. today list. <laughs> yeah. I got Wordle brain. It's yeah. Well, today on this list, the next song is from 1985. This is Heart. These dreams. Oh. Check this one out. Oh. Wow. Is this song? Is there is there a more 80s song than this song? Uh, it's great, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. This is just like sense on sense on sense. Yes. Russell, do you Russell, do you think this sounds does this kind of sound like Wilson um, Pickett to you? <laughs> Wilson Phillips, Wilson Pickett, one of them, I think, right? Yeah, Wilson sure. Phillips, right? Aren't, yeah, aren't they, yeah, the they, they play down jacket. at Muscle Shoals or something for a little <laughs> yeah, bit? I think or, so, yeah, totally. But actually, so my understanding is Ann Wilson was usually the lead singer for Heart, right? But Nancy Wilson was actually the lead singer for that song. And I think it was the first time they had a number one hit. So the sister who didn't wasn't the lead singer most of the time oh, was the one who sang their first hit. I, I, had a, I was I was YouTubing and I was looking for that song to give to Rob. And then a bunch of heart songs just kept playing. They wail. Totally. Yeah. Like their songs are bangers. They they crush. Yeah, they, right. Oh, yeah. They're a rocking band. They slap. It, it's it's <laughs> yes. Heart is a killer band. All right. Last song on the list. This is 1996. We have listeners that will like this one. This is Oasis, Don't Look Back in Anger. Oh, speaking of Joe from Woodbury. This isn't Noel? Well, my understanding is that Liam's the lead singer. Is that right? Isn't Noel the writer? Shit, I was, it was 50-50. Noel's the guitarist, it. yeah. So my understanding is Noel wrote two songs, and he had Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger, and he said, I'll let you pick one of the two for his brother. 
his brother pick Wonderwall, which they play at the soccer games. And he kept don't look back in anger, but I don't think he's the normal lead singer. Am I right, Matt? You are correct. But then they both split off and have their own Oi. bands now where they are the, you know, they're the, essentially the lead singer of their own bands. But yes, Oi, bruv. Liam and I wrote two <laughs> songs. You pick one of the songs. I'll sing the other. Oh, you'll get a taste of me. Nooks. <laughs> <laughs> so so even the Eagles one I would say even the Eagles song was better than that Noel Redding song wasn't it oh yeah the Noel Redding song was terrible yeah was that was the, that Oasis song well, remember Keith, Keith Richards always had one or two right for, for a while there on those yeah, yeah, man, I've, always you, yeah. I've always heard you you don't like the Keith Richards one no, so I left those off beer, the right? list right that's when you go get a beer I, that's I specifically left them off Nice. All right. So after doing the longest bit on the worst song on the album, One Rainy Wish. This is an interesting song that the the verse is in 3-4 and the chorus is in 4-4. Four, four. So you get kind of a neat time signature change. I'm listening to this time change. Yeah, this is 4-4. Four, four, yeah. I love this song. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was badass too. Yeah. Now, the Little Miss Lover. I love the bass here and this wah wah. Is that no ready? That drum drum's too much for me there. It's just too loud. Did did Jimmy play bass? Sorry, Russell. Turn it down. Wait, let me. Jimmy would step in and play bass, right? Let me set this to Russ level. That's there we much go. better. I can go sit in my rocking chair and my listen to this a little bit better. Confused. I can hear you. Thanks, Matt. I can hear you. <laughs> Russell, do you I have any other things? I was trying to listen to Aaron and then Rob turned it down. So, Aaron, what did you have? I was just trying to figure out who's playing bass on that song. That's all. I think I think Jimmy probably did, right? I think Jimmy actually recorded a lot of the bass parts. He did, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I for think sure. They needed a good bass line. He laid it down. This song gets my beat of the week. This is a song I didn't know. This is the song I didn't know. Well, what's a better name? How about my sneaky beat of the week? That's okay. This is. (laughs) Is it your bing of the week? This wouldn't be my sneaky beat beat of the week. That was Wednesday night. This is the sneaky (laughs) beat of the week because this (laughs) is. I got to make it. Guys, remind me. I got to make a theme song for sneaky beat of the week. Okay. Oh, wait. I have an idea for how it's going to go already. Ready? So it's going to be like, guys, big news. This is my sneaky beat of the week. Okay. <laughs> Russell, Aaron is doing his own soundboard. Aaron is doing his own. He's trying to do his own I'm the, soundboard. I'm, fucking, I'm the fucking Michael Michael Winslow of this shit. I'm the human soundboard. Bold, uh, bold as love. I never. I don't know if I've never listened to this song. I thought it was an absolute jam. I never knew how much I love this song. It's so good. Listen to the flanger on this. I mean, so what? It's almost like Bob Dylan. Like it's the flanger. You're the big flanger. Could you jump forward to like about a minute 30, Rob? You're asking a lot there, actually. Just somewhere in the middle. We talked about this before. I I get Leonard Skinner to this. It sounds like Freebird again. Right. Totally. Right. So I don't know if I'm so assuming the they're taken the from this, but yeah, they came much later, so they must have heard it. But I hear you, Russell. Oh, listen to this. All of these, like this entire album to me sounds like Yellow Ledbetter. Like I just feel like who is it, Jeff Ament or who is the guitarist? Like must yep. have just 
played along with this album his whole life. Well, Mike McCready, he's a Is that the one I wasn't sure who they I, I mean, I tried to look up some of the chords for these songs on guitar because I was like, I want to play Spanish Castle Magic. I want to. Now it turns out the chords for these songs are really quite difficult. Okay, they are not at the beginner <laughs> level. It is not a. It is not GCD. So I am screwed. I cannot play it. Uh, weird that a Jimi Hendrix song would be hard to play on guitar, but I, I mean, these songs. I just listen. There are some. There is a little bit of like weird psychedelic guitar feedback stuff, but when he's playing that jazzy, that just that jam, it is so good. And you know what else is good? It's everybody's favorite part of the show. Let's get into the reading. Oh, I love this part. And now it's time for everybody's Man, I hope we're right this week. The Panda and Very Popular Back Did It Better rating system. Uh, listen, guys, this album is at 92. It's a number we all knew at the beginning of the show. Not a big deal to me. Uh, is this a rolling well tone? That means it deserves to be at number 92. This is the third Jimi Hendrix album. We've heard, okay, is it really the third best Jimi Hendrix album? If you think so, and you think it belongs here, that is a rolling well tone, according to the patented and popular Beck Did It Better rating system. Uh, Or should this have been higher up on the list? Now, higher up on the list, I know what you're thinking. Wow, higher number? No, it's a lower number. This list is going down as if it's a poster where you are reading your favorite albums as you go down to the floor. Number 500, of course, being uh, Arcade Fire. Now, it's a long wall. I mean, a poster that could fit 500 albums, that'd be long. But would it be a good poster to have? If you're running this podcast, yes, because we're often talking about different bands. And we want to know if they're on the list. So that would be a rolling bone. It should have been well, higher up on the list, podcast? which is a lower number. What? Who's running this podcast? I didn't know there was anyone running it. Mm, I don't think anybody on this podcast has run recently. Beyonce is running this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, she the world. Uh, or is this a rolling uh, groan? We do not like this album. It should be higher than 91. And again, higher, you're thinking about my poster idea. It should be a lower number. No, in this case, higher is actually higher on the list. It's a higher number, so we're going lower on the poster. Guys, it makes sense to me when you think about a vertical poster in your room, which is a thing a lot of people had, posters of lists. A lot of cool kids had that. Also a giant poster of Winston Churchill in their room. Now, some kids were actually like 12 and they just had a poster of Winston Churchill until they left uh, when they left high school, then came back when they were older and wondered why they had a Winston Churchill poster in their room. Doesn't make any sense for a kid growing up in Minnesota to have a Winston Churchill poster. But some of us, uh, or some- Is he wearing cowboy boots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think almost 10% of people wore cowboy boots back then. Uh, it, that would be a rolling groan. Uh, Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Even I got bored with a bit there. Oof. I, I loved Wait Until Tomorrow, Little Wing, Sandcastles, and Bold as Love. I thought it was a fantastic closer. Um, I do think I like, I like the two other Hendrix albums better, so I, I think Rolling Stone did get it right. A bit of the guitar was too unpleasant for me. The drums, it, some of it was just loud. It made me start thinking I was a bit old. No. But um, I, 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 I was going to say, hey, you know, maybe maybe Rolling Bone, maybe it should be slightly higher. But I think that opening was was not good enough. So I'm just going to say it's rolling well-toned. I like it, but I think it's appropriately rated. Russell, I don't think anybody who's gone to Chanahassen Dinner Theater and then complained that it was too long is getting too <laughs> old. So I don't worry about that. You're doing young, cool stuff. Okay, no problem whatsoever. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Yeah, I, I, it, this is a hard one for me. Uh, some of these songs, as I said, just sound too British, uh, too Rolling Stonesy. Oh, 
But uh, I do think it has like just some really incredible rhythm guitar work from Jimmy. Probably not his best solos, but some some great guitar work, some actually really great songs. And um, while I think it's probably too much to have three of his records in the top 100, I would never want to say Rolling Boned about Jimmy. So I'm going to call it Rolling Well Toned. I got to say, this album would be a perfect vibe album for a, a dorm room if you got rid of that screechy feedback stuff. That would... Can't have that going for the, it's a vibe ruiner nope. for sure. Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown? Uh, every time I listen to Jimmy, I think, uh, and, I, and I say this a lot lately, you know, I think he's the birth of kind of the grunge movement of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm good at guitar and we'll figure out everything else after it. And I know how to write a few cool songs and I've got some deep, dark feelings and I'm going to get them out in my cool jams here. And so I, I, like listening to this album. I think it's rolling well toned. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you can, we're going to listen to so many better albums, I think above this, but from a influential standpoint from 19 was a 67, Yeah, you know, to have this album be in 1967, uh, you know, I think it's extremely influential. And so I think it's rolling well toned right here. That's a a great, great point. Uh, I mean, I got it right. Did I get it right? I agree with Matt. I think uh, Dusty and Springfield was a better album than this, so I'm glad that that was a higher up on the list. Listen, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good artist. <laughs> Dusty Springfield, he's a good. One of my favorite wrestlers, Dusty. Springfield. Literally, yeah. literally, that I think that episode had three downloads. I think it might have just been I, us I, listening to it. I put him right after Simon Garfunkel. That guy's good too. <laughs> Listen, guys. Is he related to Buffalo Springfield? I can't remember yeah, what the relation. Hey, wasn't Hendrix playing some stuff backwards on this one? That was just like Simon Garfunkel did yeah, that Young one Crosby song, right? And Nash on it too, <laughs> guys. This is this is only the first episode tonight. We cannot go off the go off the rails at this point. Uh, listen, guys. Unfortunately, for the ninety second week in a row, you are incorrect. Okay. What? By the way, in, by the way, in twelve weeks, that'll be Fuck. our two year anniversary. Just to let you guys know, oh, this no. is a rolling another album. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You don't need any of the albums we've covered on Hendrix so far. Just go get live at the BBC. It's the best Jimi Hendrix album. It's him playing live at the BBC. It is an unbelievable album. Don't search it on Bing. You will get a very different result as I found out uh, the other day. Listen, next up, okay, we have somebody who luckily, she got off without getting majorly punished. Otherwise, Missy Mr. Meaner Elliot would be Missy Mr. Felony Elliot. Listen, I didn't write anything down, guys. I ad-libbed, and this is what happened. (laughs) Talk about it. I mean, that was so bad. That was so bad, it was kind of like a minus lib, not an ad-lib. Kevin, That's your best joke in like Oh, Aaron, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to say, Russell? I'm sorry. Aaron stepped over you there. I was just going to tell Kevin to note the time of the podcast. He can give you feedback on that. (laughs) Why would you do that at the end? Make me mad at the end. It's, I think about it every time I read the intro now. Did you hear me go so fast and then slow down? It's pathetic. <laughs> I, I got this one. I got it. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Guys, I have to admit, now that I know that hotels don't clean comforters, I feel bad for my sneaky beat of the week in that cover for comfort last week. I love the idea of Russell being alone in a hotel room and still being like, shh. <laughs> Don't be too loud. Sneaky beat of the week. <laughs> okay, well, that's what I'll be thinking about all night. Oh, it's so good. 